Welcome to 9394, a music podcast with me, Travis Roy. Really excited about getting back into Radiohead today. Two weeks in a row, I'm discussing Pablo Honey with my buddy Donnie fucking Richmond. Very excited to have him on. A big part of the show, not the only part, but a big part of the show has been me reconnecting with old friends. And it's really nice to be able to get to do that with him. He's someone that lives far away, so I don't get to see him very often, but it's always a delight to talk to him. Just the kindest, just a really good dude. And he loves Radiohead. So he is helping me out by coming on the show and talking about this classic album that, let's be honest, it's not the most beloved in the Radiohead discography, but it is incredibly impactful in terms of pop culture and that kind of stuff. And in terms of getting Radiohead really on the map because it's their first album. So here we are. Let's talk about it. Hey, buddy. You hear me okay? Hey. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. What's up, buddy? Yeah. Yeah, thanks for doing this, man. It means a lot to me. I appreciate it. You know what, man? I am always down to support anything you do, man. Oh. Like, you are, uh... I told you this I probably like a couple of years ago, I think. Actually, I think it really was a couple of years ago. You were just like, you know, one of the most genuine people throughout all my my life that have, uh, you know, just, yeah. I just, I, I, I just value your, your existence, man. You know? It's really kind of you to say, man. I, I feel the same. It's been a long time since you and I met each other at Full Sail. Yeah, I always start the show talking about how I met people. You and yeah. I met at Full Sail in Orlando, Florida, the film school. We did, yeah. And I think that was a really special time to like meet people because we were all in our early 20s and it was like, I don't want to say that I haven't made any new friends since then because I have, but it gets a lot harder as you get older. And we were like at that tail end of the age where like you could just be thrown into a room with people and still make lifelong connections not with everyone obviously because there's a lot of people from full sale i don't talk to anymore but you know like you and brad and alan rest in peace and uh, you know a a handful of other people just like really became lifelong decades long friends and even though you know we don't don't get to see each other that often because we don't live close to each other I still feel uh, very connected to you, and I'm happy that we still had that connection, man. Yes, same, man. Like I, I remember, I remember, and you'll probably remember this as well. I remember going up to your place and Alan um, playing Hogs of War with <laughs> on like PlayStation One. Like that's how long ago it was. Yes, yeah, lots of Hogs of War with the uh, with that crew. <laughs> still an <laughs> underrated game, but yeah, so good, yeah. And you yourself 
have gotten into podcasting. So I, I get to support you some in that. I'd love to uh, come back on to All American Spook Show whenever you guys need a guest. I'd like to get you on uh, Cinema 9, my movie podcast. Yeah. The last episode I was on there was when I did They Live. And actually, That's coincidentally, right. we are recording They Live uh, this Sunday. For All American Spook Show? That's great. For our show, yeah. So That's awesome. Yeah, certainly going to make a plug on uh, Cinema 9 there uh, when we record that. Appreciate. Yeah, always. Seems like you're doing pretty good over there at the All-American Spook Show. Seems like you're still expanding and moving forward. It's kind of funny. Like, we we had this one... Okay, so we record probably... It's not every week, but it's like every other week. But we Mm kind of like... We stack recordings. Like, if we record like one day, we may record like three episodes that day. Oh, you know, that's smart. That's what we do. If you can do it, I recommend and, it. So, you know, you can build some uh, release consistency while still having time with your, uh, you know, your friends, your family. Yeah, mm, that's smart. So that's how we do it. I forgot what I was going to say, but that happens a lot. I'm, you know, past 40, as you are, uh, <laughs> I assume. But <laughs> yeah, Definitely. Well, well past at this point. <laughs> Getting to be mid yeah. pretty soon here. Also, I haven't spoke to you uh, in person, quote unquote, or over a yeah. screen, screen, but congratulations yeah. on officially getting married. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, honestly, you know, I've been with my wife now for, we've been married for about uh, four months, I guess, but uh, we've been together for almost 10 years. Okay. So. Yeah, I knew it was like a long time. It was a, <laughs> it was a while, man. You know, but uh, yeah, that was, that was fun. That's awesome. It's great, man. I, I, I'm very, very fortunate. Very fortunate. Well, you deserve it, man. You've always Thanks, been man. a sweet dude, and you deserve a sweet life. So I hope it continues to go that way for you. Yeah, you as well, man. Like, seriously, to this day, you are one of the most genuine dudes I've ever come across in my life, man. I, I just I greatly value and appreciate you. It's very kind, man. Likewise. I appreciate you saying that. I'm definitely going to include all that in the podcast so people think that I'm a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, within reason, you know, and just pepper it in. Yeah, I'll chop it all out if you say anything bad. I'll just edit that right the yeah, fuck out. But. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> So what album are we here to talk about today, buddy? I tell you, when you had posted on uh, Facebook about, it's like, hey, I've got this uh, podcast, and uh, I had went back and listened to a, a few episodes, and I just really connected with the Lagwagon Trashed album that you, you did with Luke, mm-hmm. which you had uh, promoted his podcast with Michael. I can't yep. say his last name. Govier. Is it safe? Is the name of the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Is it safe? So I went and checked that out. Really kind of resonated with that. Great. Subscribe to them. That was cool kind of going down that rabbit hole, but, you know, kind of long story short, why we're here, the album I selected was Pablo Honey by Radiohead. 
Yeah, which someone had to do it. You know what I mean? It's like one of those <laughs> albums that I've had like multiple people be like, yeah, I want to do that. And then they kind of like change their mind at the last minute and do something else because Radiohead is one of those bands that everybody yeah. loves, but it's not their most beloved album. It's not. Even by them, as they would readily admit. I'm a fairly big Radiohead fan, as well as uh, one of our Full Sail uh, brothers, uh, Nick Grable. <laughs> uh, he is as well. And uh, we yep. had always said, you know, since Pablo Honey, we were Radiohead fans. And basically, yeah, first listen, I was a fan. Yeah, he was one of the biggest Radiohead fans I know by far. And I just recorded an episode yesterday talking about the bands with my buddy Chris. Yeah. That's awesome. I mentioned to him then that when I saw Radiohead live in Philadelphia in the parking lot, you know, there's thousands of people walking out of that parking lot, and I ran into Nick. Oh, that's Nick awesome. From, from Full Sail. Yeah. It's like, holy shit, dude. I hadn't seen him in like 15 years yeah. or something. And of course I saw him at the Radiohead show. Like, where else would I see him? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great, man, that's a great story. That's a great memory, man. Yeah, it was cool. Nick is cool, man. I actually reached out to him uh, for this, but it was kind of late. Mm-hmm. And I reached out, like, literally it was an hour ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, people got stuff going on, so. Um, yeah, it is easier for me to wrangle other podcasters than anybody else mm, for the show. Yeah. I will admit that. Other podcasters, <laughs> they know how it goes. I mean, it's not like it's that much of a commitment to be like, hey, I'm going to talk to someone for 45 minutes or whatever. But at the same time, yeah. like, it is hard to carve out the time in your life to do much of anything when you're in your early mid forties still yet though, man. Like I will jump at the chance to, uh, you know, to support anything you're doing because, you know, whether you believe this or not, you supported me when we were kids. And I know, I know it sounds weird saying we were kids. We were, we were 20, 21. Yeah. Like seriously. Yeah. I'm down to support anything you're doing, man. Well, it means a lot to me. Movies are something that you're comfortable talking about. I know music's a little (laughs) bit harder to talk about for anybody, but At the same time, we have memories tied up with some of our most important albums, some of our favorite albums. And while Pablo Honey isn't one of my most important or favorite albums, I still have a lot of memories tied up to it more than I kind of realized. Like listening to it the last week or so, I really hadn't listened to it probably, I don't know, since the late 90s or something. I probably was the last time I put it on all the way through. But I didn't realize how much I actually did listen to it quite a bit until the bands and then especially like other stuff came out where if I wanted to satisfy my Radiohead itch, you know, I would scratch it with a different album. I wouldn't put this one on, but it oh, turned totally. out. That, yeah. But it turned out that I remembered a lot more about this album than I was expecting. And it brought me back. Like I remember listening to this album in my bedroom, like in my closet sort of, but not because that would be where I would play with my toys. Like that's how, you know, I was like 12 when this came out, which was just a little, you know, top of the age recommendation for like playing with GI Joes or whatever. But I remember like playing with fucking GI Joes and shit and like listening to this album. And that's how far back it goes into my life that, you know, so I was like, well, shit, this album has deeper roots in me than I realized. Honestly, that's fucking awesome. And I'm sure that anybody listening to this would say, that's perfect. That's awesome. (laughs) I guess, you know, I'm a fairly big Radiohead fan from this album all the way up to uh, King of Limbs. Oh, you kind of tuned out after that? You know, I did try to listen to uh, Moonshade Pool. I've tried like a couple of times and I don't know. King of Limbs is pretty much where it ends for me. Well, that's the only album they put out since King of Limbs, right? Was Moonshade Pool. that's it. They're one of those bands that like they could release an album this week and it could be your favorite album of theirs. Or they will never release another thing. They're so, like, unpredictable. Yeah. So Radiohead has been, I mean, gosh, they were my favorite band for ages. 
mm -hmm. ages to bring it back to you know the era of the uh the show 93 94 you know mm -hmm. kind of like why i picked this album particularly i think pablo honey gets kind of slept on yeah even by the casual radiohead fan or you know someone who's maybe familiar with their style their current style or mm -hmm. you know even 10 years ago i guess it's kind of seen by many as like the worst radiohead album it's still a radiohead album still right? so it's good <laughs> yes right you know i think this is by tagging it i guess it's already kind of out there that you know this is the worst radiohead album and um this has kind of kept people away from listening to it mm-hmm I guess it's kind of like the analogy, um, you know, you're out with your family or your friends or whatever, and, you know, somebody's trying something new, maybe it's like a new dish or like a, mm -hmm. new, a new drink or something, and they try it and they're just like, they make a sour face and they're just like, this is gross. Here, try it. And they're just <laughs> like, you just said it was gross. Like, you've seen their experience with it. Are you going to try it? Uh, maybe <laughs> probably might, not. Right. Yeah. It depends on uh, what it is, but yeah, I get your point. The, the reputation of this album is kind of like, and even my own reputation for this album, like me telling myself that this album sucked, kept me from listening to it for a long time. And then listening to it the last couple of weeks, I've been like, well, shit, this is actually really good. Right. And I guess that's another can of worms entirely that yeah. how we're influenced by others with either similar you know, musical taste than ours uh, or polarizing taste in music. Yeah. How we're influenced by that was like, yeah. well, this is, you know, Crazy Joe and Crazy yeah. Joe likes, you know, crazy shit. So he likes this album. So maybe, you know, yeah, maybe I wouldn't <laughs> like it. <laughs> and no. you go back to your food analogy. Like a lot of times there's stuff that you eat when you're a kid and you're like, that's not good. And then you grow a little older and you try it again. You're like, well, now I love onions or whatever. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I used to hate onions, and then it I tried caramelized onions. I was it changed like, everything. This is delicious. Right? <laughs> and I guess you know. So I'm not a parent, but I could see this analogy. Like you know, your kid brings you this drawing, yeah, and it's just like he's five. This thing sucks, you know. And it's just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's not impressive at all. But hey, thumbs up, looks great. How you doing? Keep it moving. So, yeah. uh, and then. You know, he's 10 and he brings you this drawing. Oh, this is so much better. Your skills have evolved, you know, similar kind of analogy. Yeah. Radiohead is our 10 year old son in this scenario. Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. making sure I'm yeah, following. Yeah, basically. <laughs> a lot of people hate on it, but mm -hmm. I think it really has some redeeming qualities. I think you're right. I'm going to get into like your favorite song, at least good song and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like there's an elephant in the room on this album that must be addressed first. One particular song that we kind of have to talk about, which maybe yeah, it's your favorite. Maybe mm -hmm. it's not. Of course, I'm talking about Creep. I was special. You're so 
like the albatross around their neck that also pays for their houses i imagine i mean that song on spotify has 1.5 billion downloads that's the same as the most listened to taylor swift song like that's a lot a lot of people still that is a lot that song yeah it was in guardians of galaxy 3 just in 2023 like it's still a huge fucking song so i am an analyst i'm glad you pulled the numbers on this because i uh, <laughs> i did not that makes my analytical mind very happy to uh you know to hear those statistics and and such wow you look on spotify and it's like creep is the first song listed and you know how spotify always lists like the top albums as well pablo honey still listed as like the top album because of this song you know people aren't listening to the rest of the album that much but because of that song it still shows up Mm. how do you feel about creep so i don't hate it i used to hate it so I guess kind of rewind back to that time. That was one of the first albums I had bought, you know, because I mean, shit. I still live in the South. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the South. I was, I guess, maybe not really kind of like a sheltered kid. Mm-hmm. But um, that was one of the first albums I had bought. I had actually listened to my brother's music collection. Uh, he was a few years older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Creep, that was the reason I bought the album. Of course. Yeah, of course. But I ended up liking several songs. I ended up liking better than Creep. I was like, well, okay, yeah, this is basically the meal ticket, but uh-huh. this song is so much better. All the way back then, you felt that way. Yeah, I was that's like, cool. Man, this is a great introduction, and this is a great exit. Maybe that's partly why you end up going down the path of being a much bigger Radiohead fan than me, mm-hmm. because for me, it stayed on the surface with Creep. Even back then, I was like not into the rest of the album. It kind of now mm-hmm. makes me think of like Dig and their song Believe or like Space Hog and their song In the Meantime. You know what I mean? There's like these other, mm-hmm. The Flies and Got You Where I Want You, right? Like there was these other songs that were big from around that time, but like people mm-hmm. didn't really listen to the rest of the album that much and they don't really listen to it now. And that's kind of how I think it would have stayed for me had they not released the Benz and then of course gone down the road that they went down. But Creep, I think it says, and I've made this point on the show before, but I think it says good things about the era, like people's taste at that time, that could be such an enormous explosive hit because yeah it's loud quiet loud like classic 90s stuff where you could like relax and then freak out in the pit or whatever then relax again but the subject matter i think is what has really drawn people to that song and it's not just the fact that he says the f word which meant a lot to a 13 year old but i mean (laughs) (laughs) yeah me especially Yeah. yeah bible belt i mean shit right i think that almost anyone could relate to that song this idea that i don't belong it's dark, right? You're looking at this person. You're like, this person's so great and so wonderful. They make me feel like less, which is a shitty way to feel for yourself yeah, and for that person, yeah. you know, but that's still something that's relatable and something yeah. that still stings with people. The fact that like, I'm just like this fucking weirdo and uh, it says something. I'm in my, you know, early forties. Mm-hmm. I'm in a job I fucking hate. I feel exactly like that, except Mm. I guess there's a more literal meaning of the lyrics, I guess. 
to where he's following this girl around that he has a crush on and all yeah, that. Yeah, it does that. start to get creepy after a little you know, bit. Though. You talk about, you know, yeah, fuck. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure there's people out there that hate their jobs and, you know, aren't really listening to creep for that, you know, but <laughs> shit, there's other shit they're listening to. <laughs> Whatever. So what is your favorite song on this album then? All right. So uh, I've thought about this. It is a tough choice. If I can at all, I'd like to break it down if I could Yeah. to kind of lyrically. And um, you may have a word for this because you're good with words. I'm not uh, sort of like from a sound, I would say maybe auditorily. Sonically? Yes. Sonically. Sonically. That's a, that's a good, good term. Uh, so lyrically, I would say it's uh, I can't. onto this in my you know kind of early teens i was kind of insecure about you know growing into my own person kind of before i entered into my coming of age years i was struggling with forming my own identity self-doubt about my own communication and kind of needing even just like on the basic side you know just basic reassurance And even now, like I am in my 40s, this is probably a little heavier than probably what's intended. But, you know, I realize I kind of need that, still kind of need that uh, that reassurance that what I'm trying to communicate is resonating with people. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, you look at the lyrics or hear the lyrics, that to me, sometimes music is very, very personal mm-hmm. and you resonate with it. But I was really just trying to communicate to a point to where people were latching on to where I was coming from. Yeah. So yeah, like lyrically, I can't. Mm-hmm. That would be probably my favorite song that I most resonate with. But then musically, there's another song that resonates with you in a different kind of way? So yes. If we're talking 13-year-old Donnie, which is, <laughs> you know, right around right a time, it's you. very first track on the album is the mm-hmm. opener you get a little bit of guitar sort of like countdown to lift off and then you get the launch the launch into okay yeah this is going to be the heaviest 
probably 20 seconds or whatever it is yeah of the album but that to me was the launch yeah there's a reason why it's the first song right yeah to catch you to grab yeah. you. yeah it's like the hook yeah it's the hook it could have been a big single right yes definitely could have been a big single maybe wouldn't have catapulted them the, the same way that creep did but i feel like if that had been yeah. their main single from the album it still would have at the very least be like a song that we would know yeah there's bootlegs out there of them uh, performing it live and it's so much better live than it is on the album so they still play you live or at least no. some, for a while they did maybe not now no no they, they don't really play it now i don't think they do anything off pablo honey anymore mid 90s they did some live and it's exceptional live it's so great live at least on those recordings but i guess kind of and this would kind of shape my own musical journey, which, you know, Radiohead had a huge part in. So there's a track called Lurgy. come to terms with some of the things I was kind of put through in my, I don't want to say my childhood, but mm. like when Lurgy really kind of latched onto me later in life. And I probably should say this, that I listened to Radiohead's discography in order. Okay. Let's say I wanted to listen to Radiohead. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want to listen to Radiohead just, you know, it was like, let's start with random mix. No, I want to go from Pablo Honey all the way to a moonshape pool. Mm -hmm. Even though I haven't really resonated with moonshape pool, I still want to include it because it's part of their experience. Yeah. I still want to just experience all of it. So Lurgy will come on and it'll remind me of coming to terms with some of the things I was kind of put through. And it, you know, just kind of really allowed me to kind of release some of those feelings Usually when I'm in this mode, I am in a creative mode. So I am either painting or I'm sawing or I'm mm. doing something creative. I mm -hmm. am in that mode. I am doing something basically productive to mm -hmm. where it will allow me to release that out. I'm able to deal with it and move on to where the next track hits and I'm in another space. So uh, when that song kicks on and it's just like the guitars and and I'm not a musician. I'm just a dude. <laughs> I don't pick apart, yeah, you know, uh, music to a point where it's like, okay, yeah, I hear the bridge and all that. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to to appreciate yeah. it, right? Of course. But Lurgy really got me into instrumentals, and I started to listen to more instrumentals. 
It's not an instrumental song, though. It's not. But it was just like the way that it affected me. It was just like, okay. Uh, okay. Again, sonically. Nothing yeah. to do with the lyrics, just the way it struck a chord in you, pun intended. Yeah, exactly. So I started to go more into uh, instrumentals. I just started to discover other kind of Signal Hill mm-hmm. and uh, explosions in the sky. Of course. Well, you say you can't talk about music, but I think that um, you break it down into a really basic and simple way that other musician types, people that I've talked to maybe don't, which is making that delineation between lyric-driven appeal and musical appeal and how you can get a lot from these two different things. And I was talking about this with the Ben's episode, and in particular, the interplay between Tom York's incredible lyrics and vocals, and then the band's, especially Greenwood's guitar and everything that they're doing. It's a double-pronged fork that you're getting stuck with. They really have a lot to bring to the table, this band. I struggle to pick a favorite song on this album since I was familiar with it. You know, like I put it on, I'm like, well, shit, I can sing along with you still, even though I had listened to it like 25 years. But still, I, I don't know that I felt like I could like pick like a favorite or like an underrated. I guess I picked an underrated song that stuck out to me. They're like, well, shit, this kind of represents that this band is still Radiohead on this album. You can hear it's Radiohead. And for me, it's that last song, Blowout. It starts off with this almost kind of like Jackie Treehorn kind of vibe, you know, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like this kind of like chill, like kind of like California vibe or something. It's still like that genre bending and like playfulness and innovation that they're able to show throughout their career. Because I was thinking about it and how this album, I think, is so different from the stuff that came after. It's not just that it's their debut album. I talked about this on the Weezer episode with my buddy Eric from Cinema 9. There's something that happens with bands where they have say a decade like these guys did to produce a bunch of songs and then get in the studio and record them and then like less than a year later it's like hey the label's like you gotta produce more you gotta get more so suddenly they're like under the cooker the stress will either break them or make them produce something like the bends where they're like let's just burst forward to the next moment because there's a lot of points on this album hollow honey where it just doesn't really feel like the Radiohead that we know and love. And Blowout is, I think, a good representation of like who they were going to become. Yes. To me, Blowout is probably a peak 
into the future Radiohead. So you felt the exact same? Yes. It could show up on an, almost any Radiohead uh, album, right? It doesn't feel like early stuff the way that a lot of this stuff does. Yeah. There are times where everything kind of feels like juvenile. Mm-hmm. Like Thinking About You, for instance, which is not a bad yeah. song. I it's like not. that song. Thinking about you, your red cooter here, your eyes on my wall, your teeth are there, but I'm still no one, and you're not star, what do you care? Been thinking about you. To hear Tom York singing about thinking about a girl, it's like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, he's singing about girls? <laughs> what? What? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like an acoustic guitar, sing about a girl, and think about a girl, it just doesn't sound like them. I will say that it does kind of remind me of a, of a time in my mid-20s. Mm. My priorities were not where they should have been. I was just kind of in a relationship where uh, you know, she almost broke me. Man. You know, she almost took me for everything I was worth. In my mid-20s, I wasn't worth shit, but she almost took me for I think I dated her, too. <laughs> yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess you kind of think about, do you have any regrets? I don't regret people. Mm -hmm. I don't regret people because they, good or bad. Help shape you, right? Yes. I wouldn't be where I am without them. Mm -hmm. For as painful as that experience was and how much I was on edge to the point to where, you know, I might not be sitting here. Mm -hmm. I don't regret it. That song takes you back to that. Yeah, it does. So thinking about you is, uh, it's still not my least favorite. Well, what is? <laughs> so uh, I'm probably going to get maybe a little bit of hate for this, but uh, <laughs> prove yourself. Can't afford to breathe in this town. Nowhere to sit without a gun in my hand. Look back up to my Oh, really? That's one of my favorites on the album. That was, yeah. that was my other favorite. It, to me, it's not. Why not? I don't like it. I think it's weak. Okay. Like I said, I'm not a musician. I'm just a guy. Yeah. Just kind of looking at the lyrics. The song doesn't really move me as much. Mm -hmm. And if you can't tell already, I'm an emotional guy anyway. You are. I do know that about you. I know. <laughs> I know. But uh, it doesn't move me. It doesn't, oh, I see. It doesn't provoke me in any sort of way. I'm mm -hmm. just like... Yeah, okay. I could do without the song. But there are huge fans, huge Radiohead fans that love the song. Yeah, I like that one. I've heard it live. Yeah. I don't connect with it. I see. Live or in any album at all. Yeah, and sometimes it's, you know, it's an intangible thing that's hard to like really pinpoint. But, it, you know, if it just doesn't grab you, it doesn't grab you. And yeah. I think that's kind of partly what the issue is with the album is that I think that the songs that are good are really good. And then there's a few songs where it's like they have good moments. Like, for instance, 
Anyone can play guitar. Incredible verses. Such a cool fucking verse. I wanna be, I wanna be Jim Morrison. <laughs> It's so fucking cool. And then all of a sudden it breaks into this like la di da di da chorus. And you're like, what? 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 There's this mood shift here. Yeah. Yeah. There's some unevenness to some of this album. And maybe that's the parts that don't work are kind of yeah. that. I can understand that. It's like, uh, you know, the MTV Beach House where uh, Tom <laughs> almost ele- electrocuted himself. Mm. I guess kind of jumping into the pool with a live microphone. That's uh, dumb. <laughs> eh, you know, I guess alcohol or whatever, yeah. whatever it was. <laughs> I'm glad he survived. Yeah, you know, I guess maybe that was a good idea. Put the stage about you know two feet from the actual pool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I gotta say, my least favorite song on the album though isn't "Anyone Can Play Guitar." It's actually "Vegetable." don't disagree i don't disagree i mean he's probably singing about being an invalid but a man passionately singing that he's not a vegetable is just it doesn't it doesn't work it just doesn't work i'm not a vegetable okay that song actually appears on a couple of uh, other i don't want to say re-releases and I'm, I'm not probably using the term right i don't know if it's b-sides or like imports or something maybe it may be an import yeah it may be an import vegetable appears on like one of the other Ben's imports or whatever, yeah. something. Like a different version of it? Or? Yeah, it's a different version, plus it's Permanent Daylight, which if you've never heard, not a part of Pablo Honey at all, but uh, Permanent Daylight is kind of like a part of one of the OK Computer B-sides. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if you ran across with the Ben's album, but mm, I don't know if it was one of the uh, one of those things that I came up with permanent daylights one actually one of my favorite radio head songs. Vegetable appears on on that Radiohead album. Gotcha. What's your favorite Radiohead album? That's tough. So, 
I have a sort of a very timeline-ish. I remember the very first time that I heard the album. Mm-hmm. What was going on in my, you know, in my life, and you know, just kind of like my first reactions. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, Want to take the fifth? Uh, yeah, it's tough. Uh, I'd probably say uh, maybe OK Computer from beginning to end. That to me, eh, damn. I don't know. King of Limbs is pretty tough too. Yeah. I'd probably say OK Computer though. Okay. Since you are a huge, huge fan, I would have guessed either OK Computer or Kid A, just because a lot of the like mega fans I know, those are like the two main albums for them. It's also it's a great album. I mean, it really is. OK yeah. Computer. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. Um, anything else you wanted to say about this album before we kind of move on to other stuff a little bit? I guess kind of Pablo Honey related. I had never really uh, encountered anybody who enjoyed it as much as a <laughs> good friend of ours, Nick Grable. Yeah. So uh, like we had always, you know, stated, yo, we've been fans since uh, Pablo Honey. So uh yeah, I just definitely want to give recognition to him, you know. And yeah, I would I would love to have him on the show. He would yeah, be a good yeah, person to talk radio with. with. But I'm glad yeah. you did. Don't get me wrong, but he's yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, man. But no, yeah, he's I, a, he's a big fan for sure. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Nick. Yeah, I'm just grateful to be here and um, talk shop with you, man. Always for sure, for sure. So you've seen him live, you said. About five times. Nice. Wow. I, I only times. saw him once. Five times. That's not bad. Yeah. Which one was the best show off the top of your head? You know, which one? Probably my first, my yeah. first show because I, I shit. <laughs> I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was phenomenal. Just like everything from like getting there and even from the time that we left, even the next day, dude, the next day was, uh, was awesome too. So yeah, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I usually end my episodes talking about either stuff that's like specific to the 90s or stuff that's specific to me and the guest. Mm. So I thought, uh, you know, I don't know why I didn't do this with Brad, uh, who's been on the show a couple of times. I probably should have. I listened to those shows. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. What a great dude. I I, oh, I love Brad. I tell you, man, I miss bees. Ah. Dang. You know what, man? One of my best memories, and I still remember this. It's why I brought it up on the show. Hogs of War, which is such a fucking ridiculous game. So fun. But I remember it, man. Like, I was just like, fucking Hogs of War. I was looking it up on eBay. I was like, how can I buy Hogs of War? (laughs) I'd like to play it again. You know what? Hmm. How much is a PS4? (laughs) Probably pretty expensive anymore. (laughs) Probably now. Yeah. Yeah. I bought a little, uh, I guess, uh, kind of a cut rate Super Nintendo. I I bought some old games that, you know, just whatever. Yeah, kind of throwback. That was the question I wanted to ask you. Is like, you know, we went to Winter Park, Florida, Full Sail University. Yeah, man. We were in the film program. What are some of your best memories from that era? As a guy that was kind of sheltered growing up, so uh, I was kind of kind of caught up in the aftermath of the whole Ozzy bit the head off the bat, and then the churches are going fucking ape shit. Right. And I was like, oh, we got a band, heavy metal, or whatever yeah. it is. You know, so I was kind of caught up in that shit. So it was like, you can never listen to rock and roll ever, ever. Mm. So, like, here's the Beach Boys. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. No one in the Beach Boys ever did drugs ah. or 
hung out with serial killers all. or anything. Like you didn't do any research at all. <laughs> you know, just like, oh, okay, yeah, here's base. Uh, no, just like from the time that you and I struck up conversation, it's just like, you know, I knew that I was safe there. There was a lot of similarly minded people, right? Yeah. That, that was our crew that we formed there. And everybody yeah. in the class was pretty friendly, but there was definitely people that grew tighter. Yeah. Brought together by, I think, feeling like we were creeps and weirdos a little bit, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, you know, thrown into a situation where it's like, you know, you'd have to wake up at four in the morning for school sometimes and then go home and not have class again until maybe eight at night. It was such a weird fucking schedule with the four hour blocks and stuff the way they did it. Yeah. You could, so you always kind of had to be adjustable and when you could and would hang out. So I remember like finishing class and like going to someone's apartment to like hang out and smoke dope, like, you know, 10 people eight in the morning. <laughs> I miss that, man. Yeah. yeah, I do miss that, man. Yeah, me too. Longest time I was ever uh, ever at school was like 20 hours. But it like it never really felt like work. You know? Yeah, and we would just be on our feet like the whole time. Yeah, and we'd be so exhausted. But yeah, it didn't really feel like work because we were learning something new and it was fun. Yeah, it was the end of like carefree and like all this promise of the future kind of feeling. It felt like you know it feels like yeah. to me now, which is kind of a bummer. <laughs> oh shit! Ain't kidding. Everyone there, we all thought we were all going to be the next whatever you know, like in film, and only a handful of us actually really went into that field. I guess the people that we knew that really, I don't want to say made it big, but that did very well Yeah. that I know of mm -hmm. was uh, Danny. Yeah, Danny Gonzalez. Yeah. yeah. Degon went on to, uh, he's doing, you know, great things now. Yep. And Curie, your former roommate, he went out to do pretty much what he set out to do, it seems like. Doesn't he still do uh, helicopter camera work? Yes. News, yeah, which he is much braver than I am. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I will not do that after Kobe. I'm <laughs> good. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, no, but uh, as far as anyone else, I don't really talk to anyone else. Really just you yeah. and Nick every now and then. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for doing this with me. It's fun walking down memory lane with you. It's always, fun seeing brother. your face and get to talk with you. Yeah. It's always a good time with you, man. It's like the old days, except when, you know, we're not passing blunts here and there. Uh, well... We should have been. We we should have. Been. <laughs> Although this would, this would be a really uh, like incoherent podcast. If we, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> It'd be fun still, always. Well, thanks again for doing this, man. I, I wish you the best. Always great seeing you. Best to your show. Best to your wife. Best to your life. You All as well, stuff. man. Yeah, always a good time with you, brother. Yeah, I appreciate bye. it. Love you, buddy. Take care of yourself. Right. You too, bro. Bye. Bye. Johnny fucking Richmond. One of the first times I ever hung out with this dude, he shows up at a party with a white t-shirt. He'd taken a black magic marker and he wrote that, his name, Donnie fucking Richmond, across it. So naturally, you know, a quarter of a century later, I still call him that. So wonderful to spend some time with him. As you can plainly hear, he is just a really genuine, really sweet, really sincere dude. Gotta love him.
and I really appreciated his input on this album. Definitely great. If you want to hear more of Donnie, check out the All-American Spook Show podcast. I had his buddy Josh Adkins on to do Rolling Stones not that long ago. They're two really good guys, two funny guys. They got a lot of insight, so definitely check out the All-American Spook Show podcast. If you want to come on the show, let me know. I'm always looking for new guests. You can email me at 9394podcast at gmail.com. Let me know if you're interested. Or maybe you just want to talk Hogs of War, the PlayStation Classic. I'm always down to talk about that. I straddled the battlefield like a colossus. Anyway, it seems weird to me that I haven't had anyone even show any interest in talking about Built to Spill. a couple of albums in this era including their second album there's nothing wrong with love so maybe you want to come on the show and talk about them or any other album from the era, let me know. Um, yeah, I already gave you my email address, so I guess this is where we stop now. I really appreciate you listening. I'm going to keep on doing this thing for as long as I got listeners, so it's partly you that's keeping this thing alive. Thanks. Music podcast with Travis Roy is a labor of love. It is not and never will be monetized. Please don't sue.